Good morning. It is Thursday, June 3rd, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Last Friday, I had a fun conversation with new Illinois head coach Brett Bielema, and on today's episode, we're just going to listen to that. The 51-year-old seems rejuvenated at Illinois, and when we spoke, he was preparing for the June 1st recruiting madness to begin. And at the time of our conversation, the Illini were number 27 in the 24-7 sports composite team recruiting rankings for the 2022 class. A big jump from 72 in 2021 and 88 in 2020. The rap on prior coach Levy Smith was that the recruiting classes were not very good. Bielema has 21 super seniors this fall and brought in eight transfers. So, so far he's taking advantage of how college football has changed since he was last in the game. If you don't remember, Arkansas fired him in 2017. We talked about his thoughts on roster management and of course the transfer portal. He's mostly keen on developing recruiting talent, but is using the portal in moments like right now to get his roster looking right. And we also chopped it up on his thoughts on Illinois, who he grew up rooting for before walking on in Iowa and what he likes about the program from the jump and what he thinks needs some fixing. Bielema counts the likes of Hayden Fry, Bill Snyder, Barry Alvarez, now Bill Belichick as his mentors and he's been an interesting and important part of college football since his Wisconsin Badgers blitzed through the Big Ten winning three conference championships in a row from 2010 through 2012. His jump to Arkansas in 2013 was a big gamble for the Big Ten lifer and there were some promising signs there for a little while the stable of really good running backs, mammoth offensive line, the development of quarterback Brandon Allen before that identity got lost and things began to trend downward. A 4-8 2017 season getting Bielema the boot. The Razorbacks lost three straight to end that season. He didn't say it, and I didn't ask, but I wonder if Bielema would point out that Arkansas has gone 7-27 and since his firing. Anyway... He's got a tall task in Champagne, but is excited about the challenge. Let's listen in. I was doing a little research on you um, this week. Did you grow up an Illinois fan? Trey, I did grow up an Illinois fan. I kind of grew up on the border of Illinois, so it was kind of that whole Illinois, Iowa, few probably uh, Wisconsin fans in there, but uh, I grew up an Orange Crush fan. Came here to campus a couple times, but uh, just the powers of be later in life, I ended up walking on at the University of Iowa, really because of their tradition of walk-on, but definitely grew up an Orange Crush fan. When you got here, what was different compared to what you thought you might have known back when you were growing up in the in the eighties and and you know, what was maybe what you thought it was? Well, first and foremost was this building that I walk into every day. The Smith Center here is built just under a couple of years ago. Um, really because of COVID, it's remained kind of a well kept secret. Um, but when you walk in, this is an eighty now eighty million dollar building that is on, only for football and it's it's got a wow factor. I've been in a lot of one of the advantages of being in the NFL the last few years, I traveled across the country and was in a lot of facilities and saw a lot of different places. But uh, this place has a pop factor. It also has functionality and it's football only. So I'd say the Smith Center is probably the one thing that's jumped out to me. Now, we haven't been able to play in uh, Memorial Stadium yet with a full crowd. So I think that'll probably be number two. Yeah, the crowds this this week watching watching hoops and hockey have been insane. It's getting me like absolutely jacked for the college football season. In addition to the facilities, like when you when you got to when you got to Illinois, and I imagine it's been a whirlwind few months, and you're you're still trying to find your routine, perhaps, and, and your family's routine. What did you see though in regards to the football program that you thought, okay, this is like you popped the hood. This is most in need of, of fixing or tweaking here. You know, Trey, I, I would go to this is such an unusual year, right? And COVID and all that goes into it. My early discussions with Josh Whitman, our athletic director, I said there's no better time 
in college football history to take over a program. We have to use these COVID rules that everybody is upset about to our advantage. And, and one of the first things I did is I walked into the team meeting room and spoke to the group. And I said, listen, if you're in this room now, I'm joining your family. I'm becoming a part of what you are. I was the last guy in the room. And I want you to know if you want to be a part of this program moving forward, you're all invited back. Because, you know, you've never been able to do that in college football. You've never been able to invite the seniors back for a sixth year. And fortunately, a lot of them took me up on that. We have 21 super seniors back, which actually leads the nation. We had four guys move on, two of which got drafted, two of which signed free agents. But other than that, everybody's back. So it kind of allows me in my first year here to have two senior classes. And, um, you know, I went into spring ball with 101 players. I came out of it with 101 after spring meetings, my conclusion of the meetings, not one guy asked to transition out of the program. Now, since then, a couple of guys, just because of pure numbers, have, have moved on, a few non-scholarship players, but very excited about the response from our team overall. Well, that must speak to the, the connection that you and the, the new staff have made with, with the players. Have you, are you a player's coach? I mean, you, you played the game. You seem like a, a fun, cool guy. Like, I imagine that's pretty easy for you. You know, um, I, I do think I'm a relationship person. Um, I, I definitely, you know, grew up in the college football world. Um, my three years in the NFL were awesome. Obviously, you win a Super Bowl with the Patriots. You're with Bill Belichick for a couple of years, Joe Judge at the Giants. Those are great memories and, and great learning experiences. But college football coaches develop, right? And, and that's what I love. I love to meet a young man when he's 15, 16 years old, recruit him. Um, see them come into your program and, and develop into what they are today. And both, both not just the physical development, right, but the mental and the social uh, development of them as young men and, and watch them turn into professional athletes, but also turn them into and see them become fathers, see them become husbands, see them become productive people in our society. It's not just rhetoric with me. It's something I really believe in and truly hold on to. Can you believe in the, I think, three years you were out of college football, how much has changed? Like it, it truly <laughs> feels like a different era. You're walking into transfer portal, transfer waiver, name, image, likeness. You've got COVID to deal with. Like this is, I'd be interested in your thoughts. Like the, you know, you, to, to step away and then come back. It's, it's, I, I, it's probably not even the same thing. It, it, there's a lot of changes, but you know, the element of what we have in college football is still there, right? You have young men that need to be developed. I think the transfer portal is probably one of the most significant changes in the history of college football that someone can transfer without penalty, basically at will. That, that's amazing. I set up my entire personnel department because of that uh, and structure that like an NFL program because free agency is very similar to the transfer portal. Obviously you're not buying and selling and uh, using uh, money, but if there's an NIL comes through, it's a whole other animal, animal that gets opened up as well. So all you got to do is just tell me the rules and I'll play by them. But uh, there are a significant amount of changes just, you know, in the daily details of, of what kids are allowed and not allowed to do in recruiting uh, what they're allowed to do uh, from an academic standpoint, social media, the development, it's unlimited fueling now for, for young men that we can give them food and, and hydration and, and things that used to be limited quite a bit uh, that just no longer exist. I believe you brought in eight transfers in 2021. That goes along with the 21 super seniors. And hey, right now you've got a really good recruiting class in 2022. What's a lot of new coaches right now in the transfer portal, you know, Florida State, Rutgers, and, and those two aren't new, but they were new last year. They're really going all in on the portal. What, what, what's your perfect blend? What's, what's the marriage you're trying to get here? Well, I think as we go, um, if we could stay out of the transfer portal, the better we'll be. I, I believe in development. I love, I love the fact you can bring in an 18-year-old man and, and have him walk out of the building at 21 and 22, ready for a career in, in life, You know, uh, whether it be the NFL or the business world or whatever world he goes into. But uh, I think the, 
the transfer portal right now allows you to, you know, address areas of need. But I also think, you know, if you're going to bring in a transfer, they have to have significant value and they need to be a good player, right? High school players, you know, need time to develop and evolve. But if you bring in a transfer player, they probably need to have immediate impact in your program. Like one of the first young men I went after was uh, uh, Prather Hudson, um, who played 53 straight games for Georgia, um, played in the college football playoffs, um, started 53 straight games. Now, it might have been on special teams, but he's significantly involved in their game plan. He walks in with this maturity, uh, this thing that that you just – this moxie that, you know, automatically gives him a little street credit, C.J., C.J. Hart from uh, NC State came in and had immediate impact on our defense. Um, you know, we brought a couple other transfers that will join us here in a couple of weeks that they have to have high character, but they also have to high, have high value. If you bring in a transfer and he doesn't really fit the mold or can't help you win, why bring him in? And I think that's the part that we're trying to weigh out all the time. Recruiting, number 27 in the 24-7 Sports Composite team recruiting rankings. Look, some coaches say they don't look. You can say you, you guys don't, don't care about the rankings. I'm not disparaging anyone from the past or anyone on the roster, but it is just a lot higher than, than the past few years have been. But what do you, are you taking pride in this? I know it's early, but this is a pretty good class. No, I, I, I totally understand the question. And you have to have an understanding, right? Because perception from the outside world is reality in today's world, right? So like the idea that we're building and, and developing and maturing, but I think more than anything, I want our players in the building to know what we're doing, right? The outside world has a certain way of evaluating things, but you know, our, the ultimate ranking that I worry about is at the end of the year on the field, right? But um, I'm not oblivious to the fact that, you know, a little outside love in the recruiting world, it's not tied into my con- – like, like, I know there's literally coaches that have things tied into their contract that they get bonuses based on recruiting rankings, which absolutely goes against anything I ever believed in. And, and what I believe in is, you know, graduating your players, preparing them, and, and putting the best product on the field – um, that's the numbers I care about. But I, I do understand that we've gained some momentum. Uh, we've really tried to, to, to try to really just concentrate in the state of Illinois. Any successful organization I've ever either A, been a part of, but also witnessed or studied has been built by the by the place around them, right? You, you need to have our fan base. We need to have Illinois fans love what we're building. We need to represent and relate back to our fan base. You know, it's a, a unique university. In fact, you have downstate rural Champaign, Centennial, uh, you know, Champaign-Urbana area, but you also tie in Chicago, you tie in St. Louis, you really draw from major markets uh, around the Midwest, and we have to appeal to that fan base. We have to, you know, be blue-collar, hardworking, but also understand there's another element to this world here at Champaign that, that, that ties into Chicago and everywhere else. Last question for you. We're talking on a Friday before Memorial Day weekend. By the time everyone listens to this, it'll be June 2nd. You know, the dead period will be over. Things will be crazy. Are you ready? Are you excited? What does June look like for you guys? You know, first we'll educate our guys literally uh, next Wednesday, uh, even though it's going to be post Memorial Day. I'll, I'll, I'll take a moment and teach them what Memorial Day is, right? Memorial Day is when we honor those who have fallen for our country, right? And, and that's a big deal, right? And in today's world, I think that it, people talk about a three-day weekend and, a, and, a, and it is a celebration of the people that have given their lives for our country. And we got to we got to keep that in the root of everything that we do. So we'll jump into a very busy June. We'll, we'll work on the player development of our current roster. We're going to jump into official visits. We got 15 to 16 kids coming this first weekend, a number of committed players, but also players who are trying to join our family. And that's something that we're going to preach every day. You know, you know, I don't think family members really worry about what's down the line. They worry what's in front of them. And that's what we're going to try to do is work through the month of June, get to July, uh, which is going to you know lead us into August, which will lead us into the fall. And then, 
the fall is going to take us to our future. So I'm very, very excited. And, and it's a daily approach, I think, that'll help us get through it. Brett Bielema, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck. Appreciate it very much. ILL. Thanks to Illinoisan coach Brett Bielema for his time to record an episode for the College Football Daily. It's the continuation of our quest to cover every Power 5 team and a handful of G5 and FCS programs this offseason. Check out our Across the Country with the College Football Daily playlist on Spotify to make sure you haven't missed an episode on your favorite team. And while you're surfing the web, throw us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you're feeling generous and haven't yet. And if you have a question, comment, or episode idea, feel free to leave a review there too. We check the page daily. For our producer, Lance Glenn, my name is Trey. Scott. We'll talk to you Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.